0: You'll hear me? Perfect. Hey, uh, like Jeff said, my name is Sam Young. I'm the, uh, one of the campus ministers here at Johnson Street and at RFC down the road. And I want to just say thank you for being here this morning. I hope that uh, you have been encouraged and blessed by our time together. Um, and I hope you're encouraged and blessed by what God has uh, in store for us today. Um, I was thinking about the book of Jonah last night. I had a couple of hours to think about the book of Jonah And I thought about, the book of Jonah is a lot like a Texas Tech football game. (laughs) If it ended at the third quarter, I'd be a lot happier person. (laughs) Um, If the book of Jonah ended at chapter three, I think it'd be a really, really cool story. Um, So to answer all your questions, I was at the game, Jason was with me, long night, um, but I'm glad to be here, I'm glad to... uh, I'm glad to speak today. As, as Jeff said, I, I do want to take a moment and just uh, say a prayer for Scott, for Shelly. Um, as many of you hopefully know, if you don't, Scott, our senior minister, and his wife are spending some much-needed time and some very important time with, uh, with Shelley's parents, Cliff and Glinda Fridge. They moved Cliff into memory care and hospice care this week. And uh, Scott called me on Thursday and asked if I would preach, and I was—I mean, I'm honored to do that. And I hope that uh, I hope that they're getting some really good time. So I want to take a moment and say a prayer before we jump in, and then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive on into Jonah. Y'all pray with me. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the chance that we have to be together as your people, as your church, to worship you, worship the relationship that we have with you. Father, I pray for this time together that we hopefully draw closer to you. Uh, Father, through our worship, through our prayer, uh, through our discussion, I just pray that you're glorified and you're honored. Father, I pray for Scott, for Shelly, for Liv, for Liam, for Glinda and Cliff. In this chapter of, of life, as they transition, God, I just pray for your peace and your comfort to be on them. Help us as a church to walk alongside them, to bless them and to love on them when we can. And God, just bless that family. Father, today I, I pray that my words are yours and not mine. Father, you speak through me, and you would guide what, what I have to say. And Father, ultimately we thank you for the hope that we have in you because of your son Jesus, and it's his name that we pray. Amen. Yeah, so like I said, Jonah chapter 3. If, if, if Jonah, the book of Jonah ended at chapter 3, we may think, man, that's a really good story. And then if you look at chapter 4, you think, well, hopefully Jonah responds the way he should respond after chapter 3. And he doesn't. Kyle, thank you for, uh, for reading that. You know, chapter 3 really begins in Nineveh. Jonah, Jonah spit out of a fish. And, and for the second time, God commands Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh and share this message. Finally, Jonah does it. And what happens? Well, the people of Nineveh turn to God. We're going to talk about that today, um, but, but the people of Nineveh turn to God. And, and then Jonah's response is, is counter to what I would have responded. I, I say that. What I would have expected Jonah to respond with. Instead of celebration and joy, Jonah responds in anger. And frustration and disappointment. And so, today, as we wrap up this sermon series on the book of Jonah, chapter four is a tough chapter. For me, it is. But I hope today, what I can do in chapter four of Jonah is challenge us to see some really key points about forgiveness, about mercy, about grace. So I want to jump into Jonah chapter 4. So if you have your Bibles, go to Jonah chapter 4. If you don't, the words will be on the screen. I want to read the first two verses of Jonah chapter 4. And it says this, This change of plans greatly upset Jonah. And he became very angry. Again, not what I would have expected Jonah's response to be. So he complained to the Lord, Didn't I say before I left home, that you would do this. This is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. So just take a moment, and if you take Jonah's frustration out of this passage, you may think, man, this is a really positive statement, right? I knew that you were a merciful God. I knew that you were compassionate, slow to angry, and filled with unfailing love. I know that you are slow to destroy people. And if you took Jonah's frustration out of the passage, that is a pretty, pretty cool statement. But we get, the, we get the joy to see that Jonah does not respond the way I think he should respond. He's angry. He's mad. And I, and I love this passage. He says, I knew that you were going to do this. I knew that you were going to not destroy these people, and this is why I didn't want to go. Why did Jonah know? Well, go back to to Jonah chapter 1. Jonah says, I'm a Hebrew. I follow God. So what what would a Hebrew have been taught? Well, go to Exodus chapter 34. We've heard this. This is Moses this is God speaking to Moses after he gets the second set of commandments. And, and, and Moses says, or God says this to Moses. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, saying, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger with unfailing love and faithfulness. So let's just, let's just say this for a moment. Jonah knew who God was. Jonah knew who God was and what God was going to do. And I think if you look at the book of Jonah, and Scott's talked a lot about this, the book of Jonah, we see so many themes. What I hope that by the end of the day we'll see is reconciliation. But but here in in this passage, I just think it's interesting. That Jonah knew God was merciful. That Jonah knew God was not going to destroy people. And yet he still went. In fact, Jonah states he would rather die than have the people of Nineveh be forgiven. So, Scott and I talked on Thursday. And he, he posed this question to me, and I, I thought it was a really interesting question. This is a personal question, but are there people that we don't think deserve God's mercy? Are there people that we don't think deserve God's forgiveness? Because if you look at the first part of Jonah, I think that's what it is. Is Jonah knew God was going to forgive him, and that's why he ran. Because He made the decision, Jonah made the decision for God that those people did not deserve my mercy. Are there people in our lives that we do that for? Are there people in our world that we do that for? Scott and I talked again tomorrow. We celebrate um, the anniversary of, of September 11th. And, and we remember thousands of, of lives lost. And it changed the history of the world. And, and we talked about... What, who deserves mercy and love and forgiveness? Scott, uh, Jeff and I talked about um, this in, in our, our Bible class on Sundays a couple months ago. And we're going to talk more about forgiveness, but... You know, if somebody fully gives in to God and allows God to become the Lord and the king of his life, they should be forgiven, right? And I think Jonah, the book of Jonah, or at least chapter 4 of Jonah, is filled with the frustration and the anger that Jonah felt because Jonah did not think that those people deserved what God will do. That's what I, I, I remember reading this and thinking. God does what God does. God forgives and loves and is gracious and merciful. And we shouldn't be surprised. That's, that's lesson number one. We should never be surprised when in moments of, of desperation, people turn to God. I, I don't think we should ever be surprised. These people in Nineveh, I, I think that, that Jonah turns and, and watches, and, and I think he's a little surprised that these people turn to God. Why was he surprised? Are we ever surprised when, in desperation, people turn to God? And I don't think we should ever be surprised. The people of Nineveh heard the message of destruction and they did what they could do, which is turn to God. And instead of celebrating, Jonah became angry. Lesson number two that I think is really important here and I've got this quote God's love for others does not depend on our love for others let me say that again God's love for others does not depend on our love for others and I think a lot of us probably need to hear that I believe, and this is my this is my uh, what what I what I tell people is what I believe God's purpose is in all things is to reconcile everything and everybody back into right relationship with Him. I believe that is God's purpose. I, I, I truly believe that. And if if God is going to succeed in that mission, it means that that everybody should have access to the love and the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness of God. And I think it starts here. God's love for others does not, cannot, and will not be dependent on if we love them. So here's the kind of the churchy thing. It's a lot easier just to love people. I I firmly believe that is a message Jonah probably could have heard, is that it's a lot easier to go to Nineveh with a heart of love Um, I think when you pair these two lessons together, it makes sense to me. It makes sense. That when we allow our lives, our love, not to be, de- God's love is not dependent on our, on our love, right? If we allow that to happen, then we should never be surprised that people turn to God. And I think that's the, the, the story of Jonah here, is that is that God did what he was intending to do. I think that if you were to look at the beginning of Jonah and the end, I think God got exactly what he wanted out of it. He got reconciliation. He got restoration of people back to him. I think that's what God wanted. And I don't think that's what Jonah wanted. If you continue reading in Jonah chapter 4, this next part I think is just really kind of funny. Because Jonah does what... um, you know, people do, right? It goes and pouts. And, and this is a really important part of the passage because he leaves Nineveh. Not even Nineveh. He stays and he, he goes and he uh, says this in, in verse 5. Then Jonah went out to the east side of the city and made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. So God's... Jonah still does not trust God here. I really think that's important. Jonah still thinks that maybe there's a chance that this God's not as loving and as merciful and as forgiving as I think he is. As he goes and he sits and he just waits. And maybe, maybe there's a chance that this will happen. You know, cross my fingers, I'm going to go sit in my corner and I'm going to pout a little bit. And I'm going to watch and hopefully God destroys Nineveh like he should. And what does God do? Man, I love, I love God here. <laughs> he plays like the meanest trick. He's okay. I'm going to send you some shade. I'm going to send you this plant. I'm going to give you comfort. That's, 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 what, that's what God does here in, in, uh, in continuing after verse 5. And the Lord arranged for a leafy plant to grow there, and soon it spread over Jonah's head and shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. God sends comfort. God sent him comfort. And then God does another fun little trick, and he takes away his comfort. And here's another really important lesson that I've said this before and I think everybody still needs to hear it is that I think there's a reason God took away Jonah's comfort because he's about to teach him a really big lesson and you you really learn a lot better when you are uncomfortable. Amen? I think think you learn a lot better when you become uncomfortable and I think God's doing that for Jonah right here. I'm going to make you uncomfortable by taking away this shade. And he says... So, you feel sorry for this plant in verse 10, though you didn't do anything to put it there. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for them? How many times do we value our comfort over the lives of other people? I mean, ask, ask yourself that question. And I, and I think about in this context here, right? In, 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 this, in this one hour gathering we have together, I think about in life in general how, how often do we value our own comfort over the lives and the souls of people who are spiritually lost? I, I, I firmly believe that the book of Jonah is about pushing people out of their comfort zone so that God can do the most work possible. And uh, Trey did a great job this morning in Bible class. If, if you didn't come, I highly encourage you to come next week. Trey did an amazing job. He talked about our vision and our mission here at Johnson Street, and I, and, and I think this is true for, for any organization, but specifically here, that if God is really going to work in the lives of this church, in us as individuals, in us as in a congregation, we have to move to a place of being okay with being uncomfortable, so that the lives of the world can be changed. Yeah. And, and that's the story of Jonah. So, so why, why did I mention the theme of forgiveness? I think the heart of Jonah is, is hard. I think God was eager to forgive, and Jonah was not. And uh, RFC, Rams for Christ, we're going through a Bible study uh, over the Sermon on the Mount. So I was, I was spending some time in that passage, and uh, I, I came across uh, a part of the Sermon on the Mount that I believe firmly that Jonah would have benefited hearing, and, and it's this. If you've, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Matthew um, chapter 5, verse 43. So, so this is kind of where I, I sort of look at Jonah, and I say, okay, maybe I'm going to give him a tiny bit of credit, not a lot, but a tiny bit of credit. You know, Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, you have heard the law. So the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. So, so maybe that was just that's how Jonah was wired, right? You, you love your neighbor, but I'm supposed to hate those people. And I, I do believe that Jonah did not like the, the people in Nineveh. I, I would argue he hated the people in Nineveh. Jesus says, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. One more. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven, for he gives you his sunlight to both the evil and the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. Y'all keep going. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But if you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus values loving people. The law would tell us to love your neighbor and hate your enemy. And Jesus says, hold on a minute. There's something a lot bigger out there. And and I think the words of Jesus here are really important. I think they would have been important for Jonah. I think they're important for us. What does it look like to love our enemy? I want to show you a video. Um, Again, Jeff and I shared this video with our class um, so if you were in my, in my class, you've seen this before, and uh, it is a beautiful video. If, in 2018, uh, Botham John, if, if, if nobody remembers that name, Botham John was a, was a man who walked into his apartment where, where an off-duty police officer was um, mistakenly in, in the apartment, and uh, she shot Botham John in 2018. And uh, later on, there was a trial... And the judge let um, Botham's family take the stand and speak to, uh, speak to this, this police officer that had killed Botham. And uh, Botham's brother, Brant, gets up and does something that I think everybody needs to see. So take a moment and just watch this video real quick. I hope there are some strategic uh, Kleenex boxes around. I I love that video for a lot of reasons. That young man did something incredible. He sat in front of a courtroom in front of millions of people and said, I love you and I forgive you. And the best thing that you can do is to give your life to Christ. And the book of Jonah, I believe, is about reconciliation of God's people back to Him. I think that's Jesus' mission. I think we have a part to play. And I think Jonah teaches us that forgiveness and love and mer- God is a God of love and mercy, abounding in steadfast love, right? Amen. And I love I love that because because forgiveness is hard. But Debbie Freeman in class said this, that was probably the hardest thing he ever did, and I bet I bet he would have regretted it till the day he died if he never did that. So my hope and my challenge is we've talked about this book of Jonah, and and I believe, again, I, 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 I lament Scott being absent because he doesn't get to finish a little bit of his holistic vision, but I hope that as you read the book of Jonah, when people turn to God, we celebrate, and we realize that God's love for those people are not dependent on if we love them, so it's a whole lot easier if we can just love those people where they're at. Um, thank you for for being here today. There are going to be some men and women around the room who uh, would love to pray for you uh, they 'd love to to pray with you if that 's something you need, please uh, don 't be shy. Um, we're a family of people who love each other, and so I invite you to pray with with those around us. Let me say a prayer for us and then we 're going to continue singing God, thank you for today. <coughs> Thank you for your love for us. Father, thank you for being merciful and loving, kind, gracious, and forgiving. Father, I pray that we love the world around us so fully that, uh, that you are glorified and honored. God, thank you for the time that we've shared this morning and I pray your blessings over the rest of this day, this week. And I pray that you You guide each and every one of us wherever you've called us into. So, Father, continue to bless us and love us. Thank you again for the hope that we have in you because of your son, Jesus. It's his name that we pray. Amen.